Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to respond to what you would uh, say to us this morning, what your spirit touches in us uh, this morning. Grant us this grace in Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. So in an email I sent out this past week, I, I offered this question that I've been asking and praying over, struggling over, which I'm sure many of you have as well, and that, that question is, how, how do we live now faithfully as, as the people of God in a post-Roe America? Big question. And as I said there, was, it's going to take time, really, and patience, prayer, discernment, sacrificial love to the the most vulnerable amongst us, many things. But there's another question that, for me, goes prior to that. How, then, therefore, do we pray as the people of God? If we're people who are meant to pray uh, fundamentally, what does that mean, to pray in a, in a post-row America? And then, let me even further ask, what does it just mean to pray? How do we pray? What does it mean? How do we do that? How do we do that in this season, this new landscape? Well, according to, to what we're looking at this morning, that we start to answer that question by saying, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. That's how you start always to answer that question. It's not necessarily where you're going to finish, but it's always where you start. And as soon as you think you know how to do prayer, you're in trouble. <laughs> We're back in Paul's letter to the Roman church, and this week we're looking at chapter 8, verses 26 to 27. So just two verses. I'm going to refer to a few others throughout this New Testament, but primarily these two verses where it talks about the Holy Spirit praying for us, interceding for us. What does that mean? Last time I ended with summarizing the biblical way that keeps us from this impatience on one hand and passivity on the other. And that would be weep, pray, think, work. And in that order. So we're backing up. And in passages we're looking at, it's really taking us deeper into that weep, pray part of that summary. How hard is it for you to admit, to acknowledge that you are weak in something? How hard is it for you to admit that you don't know something or how to do something in front of someone? Probably pretty hard. (laughs) It is for most of us hard to admit that kind of thing. And I think it's no secret, it's even harder to admit those kinds of things in New England. There are a lot of competent, competitive people in this geography. It is very hard to admit ignorance, incompetence in any area, especially if it's in your field. That's really, really hard to do. I've seen more than once when someone's been asked, you know, have you read this important book? And they say, no, 
Or can you do this thing? Or do you know this piece of vital information? And they say no, and you can just see the shame descend upon them. And it's sad. It doesn't need to be that way. Well, that's not from God. The Spirit doesn't shame us in our weakness. The Spirit comes to help us in our weakness. And that should be true of us, if we are filled with the Spirit who is called the Helper. We should be known as people who don't shame anybody in their weakness. But we come alongside them, like the Holy Spirit, and help them in their weakness. Paul writes here in the Roman Church, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. There's a lot of things we're weak in. There's a lot of things we need help from the Holy Spirit in. And the thing Paul is highlighting here in this passage is the weakness we have in prayer. If you read the Gospels, you'll notice something that the only time the disciples ever asked Jesus for him to teach them how to do something, it wasn't, Lord, teach us how to preach like you do. Lord, teach us how to heal like you tell us to go do when you send us out. Lord, teach us how to exercise demons. Uh, no. The only time they asked for help was, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. So all that other stuff, that's easy, you know, exercising demons, compared to prayer. And I think a lot of us feel this way. Teach us to pray. We don't know how, to, how, we, how we ought to pray. Yeah, it turned off. I don't know. You know what, I could just go live and we'll just... And they know what to pray. 
and they pray for you. And that's such a gift. That's a gift of being in the, in the community of faith. And that is a gift also of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit prays for us and even within us. That's what Paul's getting at here in verse 27. And he says, Our God who searches hearts. The, the Greek is actually the one who searches hearts. That's God. Knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. He's familiar with it. He's in sync with it. He knows about it. He's ready to say yes to it. Right? Why? Because it says the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit knows the heart of God, what God desires, what God wants. And that's what he prays within us. So we know God's going to answer that. Paul's already mentioned that the Spirit dwells within us, and here he's highlighting what the Spirit is doing when he is within us. He prays for us. He intercedes according to the will of God, so that when the one who searches hearts searches our hearts and finds the Holy Spirit there praying, interceding for us. He's in sync with that. He knows that. He's ready to say yes to that prayer, that prayer, those prayers. So what's important here to, to see is that prayer is not first and foremost what we do. Prayer is first and foremost what the Holy Spirit does within us. That's the, the context for Christian prayer. Now if you keep reading, you're going to notice in chapter 8 that someone else is also praying for us. In verse 34, Paul writes, Christ, who died, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, also intercedes for us. In the letter to the Hebrews, it's said even more powerfully, we read there that Jesus is at the right hand of God, the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives to make intercession for us who approach God through him. He ever lives to make intercession for us. This is the culmination of all his life, his death and resurrection, ascension. He goes to the right hand of the Father, and he's there ever living to make intercession for us. Is that part of our imagination, our understanding in our prayer life? It should be. It's one of the gifts of the gospel. Jesus is there. He's praying for us. And of course, you can be assured his prayers are the prayers that are answered. They're getting right. But what is, what's going on here? Jesus is praying there for us at the right hand of the Father. And the Spirit is here within us, praying for us as well. And then you read earlier in chapter 8, Paul talks about the Spirit dwelling in us. And then he suddenly switches and just says, Christ is dwelling within us. What's going on? What's the connection between those two? Well, here's an interpretive key to the New Testament and the relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit, who is also called the Spirit of Christ, is that Jesus is present with us through the Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings the presence 
and the prayers of Jesus to us, from the right hand of the Father, to us and within us. This is what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 16 when he says, The Spirit, who he calls the Helper, when he comes to you, he says, He's not going to speak on his own, of his own things. But he's going to take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is going to make known to you, Jesus says, what he receives from me. So whenever you experience the Holy Spirit, you are experiencing something of Jesus. His presence, his words, his healing, his prayers. That's what an encounter with the Holy Spirit means. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So when we cry, Abba, Father, by the Spirit, what we are doing is, well, what's happening is the Holy Spirit is sharing the Abba Father cry, prayer, prayer life with us, in us. That's what Christian prayer means. So when the Spirit leads us to lament over things that are lost, when He leads us to groan for the coming kingdom, for the new creation where all things are made new, what he's doing is he's sharing the desire of Jesus, the prayer life of Jesus with us. If you ever want a, an example of this groaning uh, that are deeper than words, uh, the best thing I've ever come across is the song, actually, by Blind Willie Johnson. If you know this song, it was uh, cold, or dark was the night, cold was the ground. The name of the song, and uh, he groans through this song. It's powerful, it's a holy song. And in fact, it's one of the songs, if you know this album that was shot into outer space, a bunch of other stuff in 1977. There's this album with 27 songs on it to represent the diversity of, of life on planet Earth. That song is one of the songs shot out there. And I love that. The groaning of creation, the groaning in us, has been shot out in outer space. But listen to that song if, if you ever get a chance. Dark was the night, cold was the ground. But again, what this means is that prayer, again, is first and foremost not something we do. Prayer is first and foremost something Jesus does. Something he has been doing for a long time in the Spirit to the Father. And that he shares with us. So he lives as one of us. And he lives for us in a variety of ways. So that he would share all those different stages with us throughout his life. The way he lived when he walked on the earth. He lived that way as one of us and for us. So that we would share in that kind of living through the spirit. He died and rose again as one of us and for us. So that we would share through the spirit in that redemptive death and that resurrection. And then he ascended to the Father's right hand and is ever living to make intercession for us so that we would, by the Holy Spirit, share in that intercessory life with him. And that's what the, the church calendar is all about that. It's just taking you through all the different stages of the life of Jesus to show you how you're to participate in that part of this humanity for that season. 
So this is what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. It's not just something we tag on at the end of a prayer. It's to say, no, I'm praying in the one who is ever living to make intercession for me. And he is praying in me through the Holy Spirit, if I'm attentive to that. Well, even if we're not attentive, he does that. But to participate in that, to share in that, to start praying with Jesus, we do need to have some more attentiveness within us and responsiveness to that work of the Holy Spirit in us. That's what spiritual direction uh, gives a lot of time to. I know that's a new thing for many of us coming from an evangelical background. But spiritual direction is all about paying attention to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and to even those prayers that the Holy Spirit is praying within us. That we need to practice listening to and responding to and, and praying with. So, Christian prayer. It's not about us hacking our way through an uncharted forest all by ourselves. It is more like getting into a river, the current of a river, and learning how to be carried along by that current that's been going on for a long time between the Son and the Father and the Spirit. And what we do is just get in the river and learn how to be carried along by the Spirit. The burden is off of us. The greatest responsibility in prayer is not on us. There is some responsibility on us. But the greatest responsibility is on the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, we can rest in that. That's a beautiful gift. That's prayer within the realm of grace. I love when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. He gave them just a few instructions, and then he just gave them a prayer. There's nothing more helpful in your prayer life than a prayer to show you how it's done. I remember when I was first a Christian, my friend, my mentor at the time, I didn't know how to pray, and he just was like, Dave, this is how I do it. He opened up his Bible, he showed me how he read, and he showed me how he prayed. And that was so helpful for me as a new believer. That's what Jesus does. That's the kind of thing Jesus does. And he offers us this prayer of all prayers, the Lord's Prayer. And this prayer isn't just something he gave for us, that's just for us. This is the kind of praying Jesus does. These are the kinds of things he prays for when he's interceding that he's sharing with us, bringing us in on, so that we could pray with him with these words, and he with us in the Spirit. So for the next, the next five minutes or so, I'm just going to offer you different ways that you can pray through prayers that, have, that are offered to us, that are available to us, for, for the Holy Spirit to teach us how to pray as the helper. You can think of the Psalms. The Psalms, again, that were inspired by the Spirit of Jesus here. It is hard to overemphasize how important the Psalms have been for the people of God in their prayer life. Few things have helped us pray more, learn how to, to address this weakness in us than the Psalms. They're not always straightforward, but they're not always easy to pray through. But they are helpful. And that's why many people spend each day praying through one or two songs. Which is a good practice. Maybe if you haven't been praying for a while, that's something you can start to do. 
pick up the songs and pray through one or two of them a day. Or you can go through the scriptures and you can read the prayers that are scattered throughout the scriptures and mark them. That's what I do. I, I mark, I put a little key beside the prayers I come across. So I can come back to them and pray them. I can learn them by heart. And they can be part of my prayer language, my grammar of prayer. They've been really helpful in the Spirit teaching me how to pray, like Jesus. <laughs> Anglicans also have something called the Book of Common Prayer. And if you're new to Anglicanism, this is maybe a little daunting. Maybe you've tried to open this and gotten a little lost, and that's okay. It takes a little while to get used to. Uh, but it's one of the main, I love that this is one of the main things that marks Anglicans. One of the main things that marks us is not actually a creed, it's a book of prayer. A book of common prayer. And in here you're going to find the different services we have. You're also going to find a way to practice daily prayer. Something called the daily office. And what it does, in line with the Psalms, with the Psalms, you know, what they do basically is they take the revelation and the teaching of Scripture and they turn all that into prayer. If you read the Scriptures in the Old Testament and you read the Psalms, you realize that's what the Psalms do. And that's what the, the Book of Common Prayer does. It doesn't have the same authority as the, as the Psalms, but it does take the Scriptures of Old and New Testament and turns them all into prayer, organize them to different ways of praying and worshiping. It's beautiful. It's helpful. But if again this is overwhelming, we have a, we've had a book that we printed here that simplifies it a little bit. So we we have a bunch of these. If you are on your way and you look to the bottom right of the bookshelf there, there's a bunch of these that are that are for you for, for the taking. And this kind of just gives you some tips on praying in different seasons of the year, but also how to do morning prayer, either by yourself or with your family. Super helpful. And also, there's this amazing help, uh, online help that does all this for you. So if you want to find out, like, what are the prayers for this day, the scripture readings for this day, you just go to this website and click on the day. And it does all that for you, lays it all out for you. There's even a, a podcast where it does all this in an audio version. So say you're on your way to work, you're commuting, and you want something to uh, pray through, you can just play the, the daily office. It's been a helpful way for a lot of people. But I love the, the app, actually. And so sometimes, like the other day, I was on my paddleboard. We live now near the Charles River. It was just like a few minutes from our house. And I was about to go on my day off. And paddleboard down the river, but I wanted to do midday prayer. But I didn't want to bring this, this big book on my paddleboard. <laughs> I'd fall in, get wet. So I brought my phone, which <laughs> I did not even wet either, but um, I didn't fall in. But it was awesome. Noontime came around and I got to this secluded place, except, you know, there was a bunch of creatures everywhere. It was pretty awesome. Um, but pulled out my app and there was doing midday prayer in the middle of Charles. Uh, it was, yeah, beautiful. You can do that with this app. But this is a helpful way for a lot of us who are finding it hard to keep a consistent prayer life and consistently reading the scriptures. 
this is a great gift for you. Um, so I highly recommend trying it out. And at first it might just be, you know what, I'm just going to do the daily office and I'm just going to read the song for that day and maybe one or two prayers. And then over time you might want to add more prayers. And I think you'll find over time it starts to grow on you. And suddenly you're praying through the whole thing. And suddenly you can't do without it. So I offer that to you. And if I've, I've I named a bunch of these resources. If you want to know uh, how to get to any of these, on our website, there's uh, a daily prayer section under the resources tab. So you can go there and you can find all these things I just mentioned. In a moment, we're going to recite the, the Apostles' Creed. And then we're going to enter into the prayers of the people. And we're going to start the prayers of the people like we normally do. But then, it's going to turn into something called a liturgy for those who weep without knowing why. And it actually comes from, I'm not about many of you know, every moment holy. There's a lot of different prayers and liturgies for all kinds of occasions. But just like Jesus, when he was asked, how do we pray? He gave a few instructions and then he gave an actual prayer. So that's why I'm offering this. And this like the Psalms, like the, the Book of Common Prayer, it turns the, the themes and some of the passages in Romans chapter 8 that we've been looking at and turns those into prayers. Turns them into lament for things we've lost. Turns them into the groanings we have for the new creation. Appropriate prayers, I think you're going to see, for the tumultuous time that we are living in. So, let's Enter those prayers we do. Let's enter all prayer in the Holy Spirit, in the name of Christ, us and Him and He in us, the one who forever lives to make intercession for us. Maybe so.